means that Iman has a very major deficiency in it. It means that Iman has a very major deficiency in it. That this is something that could never happen as far as the nature of Iman and the nature of a mu'min is concerned. So this is acquired from somewhere outside. It's something that has come from elsewhere. And it has crept in. Last week we had commenced one incident which got left halfway and that is linked to this lesson. And at the same time, we were talking about last week advice. That not to refrain from or shy away from giving advice. Wherever it's possible, in a correct way, in an appropriate way, in a way that will be endearing, not in a way that will humiliate anyone, run anyone, anyone down, but in a kind way, compassionate way. Allah knows best when some advice gets into somebody's heart. Sometimes it might be that that moment we said something, we might have said it with a little bit more ikhlas. Allah knows. That person might have heard it with more ikhlas. And that which he might have heard numerous times before, on that occasion strikes his heart. So this one incident that we had commenced last week, which is linked to this lesson in any case, Hazrat Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani Rahmatullahi as a young boy, his mother is now sending him off to Baghdad to go and study deen. Now it's a long distance to travel. And on the way, all the dangers, all the risks, those days traveling was no easy task. So she gave him one nasihat, one advice. The advice was, don't ever speak a lie. As a young boy, he's been sent now. Now, what what concerns would be in a mother's heart at that time? She's sending her young little child to a faraway place. I'd see him after years. How he's going to fend for himself, what he'll eat. And nobody must trouble him. All these thoughts will go. So these advices will go also. Make sure you eat properly. Make sure you do this and do that. But the other's mother was giving him one nasihat, parting advice for this occasion. And what nasihat? Don't ever speak a lie. When tarbiyat is at the forefront of the parent's mind, then at all occasions they will bring in this kind of advice first. Other things are necessary also. A child needs to be advised with regards to everything. If he's going to be moving ahead in business, then the parents will advise him in that regard as well. How to go about conducting his business, what kind of qualities he should have as a businessman, what kind of manner he should have with his customers, etc. That too is part of advice. If he's going to be a person working in a professional field, how he must conduct himself, that advice will be given. Whatever he'll be, whether it is during pertaining to his day-to-day -day life in terms of his work, his occupation, his how he goes, up, goes about taking care of his family, whatever the case is. But dini advice will be at the forefront of it. So here, with all the concerns that would be there in a mother's heart, but she didn't forget the dini advice. And she said, look, don't ever speak a lie. Very well. Now he was going for a long period. So she gave him 40 gold coins, 40 dinars. Because he'll be gone for years. Nobody else is going to necessarily come back to assist with anything. And she 
sewed it into his garment under his arm. So it will stay hidden. And she sewed it into a kind of pocket under his arm. And finally he set off with the caravan of people. En route, which was a common occurrence in those days, suddenly they were pounced upon by highway robbers. And they began looting everybody. So one thief got hold of him. Said, you have anything? Said, yes. What do you have? Said, I got 40 gold coins. The 40 gold coins in those days was a big amount. Even nowadays somebody give us 40 Kruger rands. We eat and Bakri all in one. So he said I got 40 gold coins. So he said where you got it? Because it was hidden, they couldn't see it anywhere. They might have searched him as or whatever. Said, no, I got it hidden under my arm. So this person thought he's making him a fool or whatever. So he took him to the chief of all the thieves. The headmaster of the thieves. So he said, look at this fellow. Small fellow like this. And he's saying very boldly, without a concern, he's saying that he's got 40 gold coins. So this chief asked him, that you have 40 gold coins? He said, yes. Where is, it? Where is it? He said, I got it hidden here under my arm. So they searched him under the, found it, it's there. He said, but why did you disclose it? We didn't know it's there. We would not have known if you didn't tell us because we would have normally searched you as we would search anybody else. And being a young child, we wouldn't even have really con- concerned ourselves with looking up at what you might have. So why did you disclose this? He said, my mother told me never to speak a lie. My mother told me never to speak a lie. So I decided to adhere to that. Now when this person heard that a young child knows the danger, knows he's going to lose this, but he's so concerned about the nasiyat of his mother that I will never speak a lie now. So why do we not become obedient to our Rabb, our Creator then? That all his commands, what he's given us, why don't we become obedient to our creator like this child is obedient to his mother's nasihat? That struck his heart so deeply that he made toba there and there. That from now on I'm giving up this kind of life. When the rest of his band all heard what's going on and they realized what he's up to, he's making toba, they said, well, we also in the same boat. They all made toba. And they all gave up this life of looting and robbing people. On what? On this one child staying steadfast on the truth. And what was the background of it? A mother's nasihat. The background of it was a mother's heartfelt nasihat. All the things that might have been in her heart at that time. What what jazbat would have been there? What kind of feelings would have been running through a mother's heart at that time? But she didn't forsake that moment of giving this nasihat. So what depth of the heart that nasihat would have come with? And that was conveyed with that kind of purity. A little child. What kind of... He's got no pretenses about him. He doesn't probably know how to even pretend. Or how to try to impress. Or say something for any ulterior motive. He said it with that purity of the heart too. And with that total sincerity. My mother told me to do something, I'm going to stick to it. So that affected the hearts. Affected the hearts of hardcore thieves. And brought them onto Toba. So this is that first nasihat that come what may a person never speaks a lie. In the hadith Nabi Islam says Ayatul Munafiqi Thalathum that the signs of a munafiq of a hypocrite are three. The first sign Nabi Islam mentions 
When he speaks, he lies. In other words, a person who this becomes his condition, then not that again that a fatwa of kufr will be given against him, but he is not even deserving of claiming the title of Muslim. Not that Iman is gone, provided he does not consider lying as as true or as, as permissible. Then Iman is not gone, but it is such a serious situation that he doesn't deserve to be claiming that he's a Muslim. Now, this is how serious and severe this is, but unfortunately what happens is that certain things in society become so prevalent, so common, that certain things are taken for granted. Certain kinds of lies get taken for granted that this is fine, this is okay. It's not a, it's not a big lie. It's a small one. Small one is alright. For example, sometimes a person, for example, is working somewhere or whatever the case is. Now, he needs or he wants for whatever reason to take a couple of days off from work. So he goes to a doctor. Either he pretends to be sick and in some cases he somehow gets the medical person also to be in cahoots with him. And now one certificate is written. The person is very ill. The person thinks nothing about it. Submitted the certificate and life carries on. But is that not a lie? Hazrat Bufti Taqi Barakatuhum, he mentions one incident. He says one person who was from Pakistan working outside, out of the country. So he had come for a holiday or whatever back to Pakistan. So one day he came to visit Mufti Sahib. So he asked him that when are you going to be returning, wherever he was working out of the country. So he said, well actually my leave is finishing tomorrow, but I just managed to secure more leave. Uh, I sent one certificate, so I got the leave. He said, you sent one certificate? What do you mean you sent one certificate? What certificate you sent? Now, before mentioning the incident, he mentioned that this particular person was somebody who was very conscious of his salah five times without fail, person who was adherent to the sharia, outwardly keeping all his fast, person who had taluk with the ulama, the akabir. He said, well, I sent the certificate. He said, what certificate you sent? He says, no, well, I went to the doctor and I told him that just break out the certificate for me, that I need this leave. So he said, but what was written in the certificate? Said, well, it was written that this person is too ill to travel at the moment. So he asked him that, is deen restricted to namaz and fasting and hajj and umrah? So this person suddenly went silent. He realized, on that one statement he realized, now where is this heading to? So then I asked him that, is this not a lie? And is this not something that is totally haram? The person was inside, alhamdulillah, he had that fervor of iman, though he got entrapped in this kind of thing because it becomes a norm in society. So he said, Inna lillahi wa inna rajun. The first time I'm hearing it so directly, now it's hitting me that what a lie this is. I just took it for granted, everybody does it, I did it. Whereas it's a clear lie. Now, Sometimes, now what the major thing this is, as we discussed right from the beginning, where it was associated with, but certain lies become so prevalent, so commonplace, that people don't even give it a second thought, and don't even, sometimes Allah forbid even regard it as a lie. 
That is now a double sin. One is the sin of lying, the other is not even regarding it as a sin. Sometimes, for example, person is selling something, maybe selling a vehicle, selling a car or something. So Allah forbid, sometimes people somehow reduce the mileage. Now one person, one day I was talking to him, there were two, three people, and uh, they want to ask some questions, all the way in the car sales. All, so one of them, they were asking some questions in relation to this. So one chap is saying, but what about the, you know, this is becoming very common now, the chops. I said, what do you mean by chops? You only know about the chops you eat. He said, no, they chop the mileage down. So the other person said, there's no more chops now, it's a half leg they're taking away. So, said, but what do you mean is commonplace? He said, no, this has become like the norm. This is something nobody take, gives. Allah, mashallah, somebody who's got the fear of Allah Ta'ala, somebody who's conscious, person doesn't give it a second thought also that something is not in order here, what we're doing. Now, certain things become so just common and taken for granted. Whereas, this is no different to another lie, it's no different to other kind of deception. So all this falls within that same category. So this is not only something for us to talk to our children about. We have to keep reminding ourselves of the severity of this and to make sure that we don't get trapped up in any of these things which become commonplace and sometimes a person without even realizing gets caught, caught up in some of these things. Especially in conducting day-to-day -day business etc. Many of these things become very commonplace. These things are very important to be conscious of. So that we stay far away from any kind of lie in any sort whatsoever. So that was the first nasihat, first advice. That bring up children without compromising the truth. But that practical example will also have to be placed in front of them. We will have to live the truth. Now outwardly it seems just one thing. And this one thing out of three is such a major thing. But a person who commits himself to the truth... I will never speak a lie. So when he commits himself to the truth with people, then this will make him become committed to the truth with Allah also. People he can see. And if he's going to lie to those who he sees, then he's going to even lie to a greater extent. He can't lie in front of Allah but meaning he will live a lie with Allah to a greater extent. Allah is in the unseen. But now when he's committed himself to the truth with those we can see, this will lead him to also being truthful with Allah Ta'ala. So it's not just something restricted to just speaking the truth. When he will commit himself to speaking the truth, he'll live the truth. And when he'll live the truth, then this is what Sidq is all about. He's paving his way to the maqam e siddiqeen So this was the first aspect of the truth always being upheld. Never compromising on the truth, not tolerating a lie. Then the second nasihat and advice was about the five times salah. No compromise on that. Come what may, in our lives, our children's lives, no compromise on that. And once boys, once they are of age, in fact past 10 years, then salah with jama'ah. After seven, we are teaching them, sometimes they come into a masjid, sometimes maybe at home, whatever the case is. After 10 years old, namaz with jamaat. And the child is tired and after maghrib slept away, whatever the case is, 
No compromise on that. You'll wake up, you'll perform your Isha and sleep. So this is the thing that, now when namaz comes in the life of a person, as-salatu imaduddin. This is the foundational pillar of deen. Man aqamaha faqad aqamaddin. The one who will keep this pillar upright, he will keep the rest of deen inshallah upright as well. Man hadamaha faqad hadamaddin. The one who's destroyed this pillar, other things will come even more quicker down. Hazrat Umar wrote a letter to all his governors. What what responsibilities they have to run all the affairs of the state. And he wrote a letter to all the governors. Inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah. Of all your issues and work and whatever else responsibilities you have, the most important to me is your salah. Everything else secondary. Everything else will come afterwards. Most fundamental thing is your salah. Man hafizaha wa hafaza aliha fahuwa lima siwaha ahfaz. Then says the one who will be punctual on it and will safeguard it. That he'll safeguard the rest of deen to a greater extent. Man dayyaha fahuwa lima siwaha adiyah. The one who will discard salah and destroy salah, he'll discard the rest of deen to a greater extent. So, outwardly it's one issue, but it's not one issue. It's the root of all the other good. It's the root of the rest of deen coming alive. The first aspect was the truth. The second aspect was the aspect of our salah. No compromise on this. And this is something that requires constant reminder for ourselves, for our children. The talim in the home, the fazail amal, by repeatedly bringing these hadith in front with the targheed that will come in there. So that the reality of salah starts sitting in the heart. So this was the second advice. And then the third advice was that to condition our children on khidmat. This is something which from, a, from their childhood days, obviously khidmat that is appropriate for the age, not something that is beyond the child, and something that is suitable to take from that kind of age group, but from a young age, this conditioning must be there to make khidmat. This will develop humility, which is a very fundamental quality. If there's humility, then everything else will be very easy to develop in the child. If humility is missing, very difficult. If humility is there, to instill respect is very easy. Because respect and humility go hand in hand. If humility is there, to bring about obedience is very easy. Humble person is naturally obedient. He'll accept whatever he's told. But if humility is missing, then to bring about the other things are very difficult. And khidmat, if the child starts learning to make khidmat, to serve, serving means I'm, I'm the lower one. And that needs to become a reality from within. So now when a person starts keep making khidmat, then this khidmat slowly starts developing this within. And sometimes, the most effective khidmat is where nobody even knew we made the khidmat. In developing this, and this is not now, as we said, restricted to our children. For us, we need to condition ourselves on this. Sometimes the most effective khidmat is that which nobody else knew that we made that khidmat to. And sometimes in very, very simple things, where it took no effort. But 
it goes a long way ahead in conditioning ourselves of mudan. For example, now, person came to the masjid, whoever, and somebody's shoe got kicked aside. Whoever else was passing, they kicked it by mistake, and they let it go, and didn't worry about it. Whatever the case is, they didn't even realize they kicked it. Now we walking in, we can see one shoe is here, the other one is lying somewhere else. Obviously something happened here. Now I didn't kick it, and it's not my shoes. But it's a fellow Muslims. So with the niyat of khidmat, went and picked up the one shoe and put it with the other. Now he doesn't know, nobody else knew, between you and Allah that it happened. Sometimes that khidmat, that takes a person beyond many other things. A very common saying, khidmat se khuda milta hai. But khidmat, a person will get Allah Ta'ala. If you look in the lives of our kabir, then without fail you'll find in all their lives khidmat. And not just khidmat of the elders, the seniors. Khidmat of anyone and everyone. Hazrat Abu Bakr is the Khalifa of the time. And one day, Hazrat Umar in the time of Abu Bakr he came to know that there's one old woman who's living somewhere out of Madinah Munawwara. She's blind. So he thought this woman is living there all by her own. How she must be fetching her water, how she must be, and she's an old person. So he decided, I will go early in the morning and make khidmat, bring the water, sweep the place for her, whatever the case is. He comes early in the morning, he knocks on the door, says, send me the water pail, whatever the case is, whatever else is needed to be done, so I can do the basic khidmat. So he says, but nothing left to do, it's all done already. He says, who's done it? He says, I don't know, somebody comes and do, does it every day. So he went away thinking that who is this person on the outskirts of Madinah Manawara. I came so early, he already came before me to do it. So the next day he comes even earlier. When he comes earlier, she says again, it's already done. So the third day he says, I'm going to come very early and not go do the khidmat. I want to hide and see who is this person. When eventually the person comes along, it's none other than Abu Bakr ta'ala, who's the Khalifa of the time. Imam Zain al-Abidin after he passed away in the progeny of Ali was, when he passed away while they were giving ghusl to him they found a whole lot of marks on his back as they turned him you see this back is full of marks like something heavy was being placed on his back and they couldn't understand this because they never saw him doing any kind of manual work etc what is what was the meaning of all this so everybody was amazed whoever came to know about it nobody could give any explanation for this but as the days passed after his demise as the days passed suddenly it became evident that a whole lot of houses and hundred households in total suddenly started suffering starvation so people want to know but what happened why suddenly see well every day in the dead of night, without us knowing when it happened and who came, there was a, a bag, you may call it a sack or whatever, of provisions that were left at our doorstep at every regular intervals. Maybe, for example, we say a week's provision or whatever the case is. And when it would come and who would drop it, we had no idea. 
And our life was carrying on on that. Now it was realized that it was none other than him. And on his own back carrying it for the khidmat of people. Not even letting anybody know, but one is that he spent his money in it, but personally did it and did it with that in that manner that not even the people who were receiving it knew where it's coming from. But the lesson of khidmat, that alhamdulillah, spending one's money is a big thing, but personally to make the khidmat of the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. And one is to make the khidmat of somebody who is our senior, alhamdulillah, very great. But our contemporaries, our, who we may regard as people who are our equals, whereas we shouldn't be regarding anybody as our equal, Everybody is above us. Or our juniors just in, perhaps in age, might be within our home. Children should be conditioned to make khidmat of their parents, of their brothers and sisters, of those who might be younger than them in age. But this lesson of khidmat, that is a thing that is undoubtedly 100% khidmat se khuda milta hai. With khidmat, Allah Ta'ala is achieved. And if you look in the lives of all the Akabir, all the Ahlullah, all those who Allah Ta'ala used for tremendous work of deen, look behind the scenes, you'll find a very major element of khidmat in their lives. Outwardly, this is not evident, but if we look behind the scenes, we'll find a very major element of khidmat in their lives. So this is something that it shows its effect in time. Immediately it might seem, well, what happened? Nothing happened. But all this shows its effect in time. And the biggest effect it shows is it brings the correct qualities within a person. So this is something that the three advices of the mashayikh that we bring our children on these lines. As we mentioned, this is not only for children, it's for ourselves. That inshallah the road is open. It's not that this is everything, but this will pave the way forward. And then to acquire the rest of things will become very easy. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَ عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ we just finish up a little earlier today. Just needed to go somewhere. Allah <laughs> لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا 
ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتبفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم